0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Discovering It podcast with our life coach, Paul Massengill. And our speaker tonight will be Jody, and he will be speaking on You Aren't Who You Think You Are. Very interesting subject there, Jody, and uh, I'm going to give the mic to you.
1: All right. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, uh, the uh, when I first met Paul, you know, he told me, you are not who you think you are. And it kind of you know brought that curiosity and I was like what what exactly does that mean I'm like if somebody were to ask me like you know who are you I I would have went down a list of well you know here's where I work here's kind of where I grew up these are kind of my different traits and start going to my different identity so um when it comes to like who you think you are uh a lot of people associate that with how they grew up. So the different past program conditionings, um, it could be different roles they play and we go through different roles, whether we're a child on how we grew with our parents and things like that, um, whether we're a spouse, whether we're at work and all this stuff kind of starts to flow into our identity and we start to build this kind of like biography, uh, de- depending on different schools we went to, we'll, acquire different religions and things like that and that all starts to come together and then as we get older we start to learn some different skills Um, we start to acquire some hobbies do some things or some things that we're naturally good at and then we expand on those sometimes we get drawn into different sports Um, and then once we get out of there we have to eventually pick an occupation Uh, a lot of times we tend to follow in our parents footsteps you hear a lot of you know, handing down the, the family business type of thing. And so we kind of tend to go towards an occupation one way or another based on that past program conditioning that we've acquired so far. And a lot of it comes from different opinions we've had from the friends that we hung out with. And when we're young, we talked about this before where we just start to absorb all of that um, environment around us, the things that are coming in, what people say, um, what we've heard our parents say and we kind of start to build that identity we start to build who we think we are from there and it could be good bad or indifferent and you know for instance my dad used to always say you know you can do anything you put your mind to and he said that enough times where that kind of was ingrained in my head that I I knew that I could always do something as long as I put my mind to it um it didn't say it's like you could easily do anything it's like you had to put some effort and you had to learn the skills and kind of do all that stuff and there's some natural gifts that people have when they're little and you know those usually will kind of allow us to do those things a little bit easier and there's this one author that has this book it's called uh, everything is figure outable and i like that name because especially today with the internet and google and youtube like you can literally figure out how to do anything you've heard of people going online and talking to people and creating fusion reactors and things like that so it's kind of all that like perception of what you want to do and then you have the bad side of that where you have the parents that you know they didn't know any different from their parents so they would just you know get upset if you broke something and or if you do something wrong and they don't really know how to respond and they'll Say negative things like "What were you thinking?" or "Like why did you do that?" When you're a kid, you're like "I don't know why," and we start to build these questions. So maybe we start to doubt ourselves. Like, well, maybe we're not good. Maybe we don't make good decisions. Um, or the parents will be like, "Why are you always spilling things?" So you start to absorb those labels. Like, "Oh, I'm clumsy," or "I just spill things." And uh, when it happens later on, we'll tell our friends like, "Yeah, I'm just clumsy. I've always been clumsy." And that just starts to re ingrain and, and build that sense of identity that we don't have to accept. And there's a lot of different things too, like political opinions and religious beliefs and all these things go into that past program conditioning and start to guide like our different choices. And I mentioned some of these roles, like there's a lot of different roles with relationships where we think we have to be like the depending on how we grew up, like maybe the person that always makes the money or the person that does something. And that kind of also goes into who we think we are and that identity. And there's some people that are, you know, have a really high opinion of themselves. They do, they're really good at sports or something, or they're really popular at school. And, you know, they start to build like this ego or they start to be like kind of arrogant. And a lot of people get taught, That it's not good to be, to brag about things, or you shouldn't rub things in when you're really good at stuff. And if you, if you're young enough, you'll see those types of um, opinions and you'll start to feel shame and guilt for being better than others, or you'll, you'll feel bad for beating someone, or you'll feel bad for having these good talents that maybe other people don't have. Um, So we're kind of told to like be humble and to lower ourselves down. And that also goes into our identity. So with all this, we, we have these ideas in our head and we start to create this self-talk. So we kind of talk to ourselves and that all plays into that internal thought we talk about, that it, and that'll influence all our different habits and things like that. So those are some things that kind of hold us back. So we, we get into some change. So we, we, maybe we have some of these negative identity traits that we want to change and a lot of times that comes into when there's like a big conflict, like maybe we had the family business and we're following in our father's footsteps and then, you know, dad passes away or something like that. And you're just like, suddenly you have this conflict in identity because no longer you don't have that attachment. So you're like, well, I guess I didn't really want to do this business. It's not something I was good at. It's not something I really wanted to do. So we have this kind of shake up in our, in our lives and, there can be other things. You could retire from a job and suddenly you have to decide what you want to do. Um, I used to always say when I got out of the Navy, when I retired, I was going to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And it was funny because I started to ask people that a lot. And it seemed like a lot of people had that idea that just because they were stuck in that role and they were doing a certain job, that wasn't really what they wanted to do. That's just kind of what fell into their lap so to speak that's kind of what that past program conditioning led them to do and other things there could be like a divorce where suddenly you used to have that role with your partner and then all of a sudden everything's shaken up and you're like well now I don't know what to do like we used to I used to be a parent I used to do this when the kids grow up and move out of the house suddenly you're you were a parent for the last 18 years or so or even longer like multiple kids so Suddenly you're a parent for such a long time and then they move out and you hear the empty nest syndrome where, you know, people just, they don't know what to do with their life anymore because they they kind of lost that role identity on who they thought they were. And so suddenly you get this shakeup and you decide like, I need to change, like something needs to be different. So, you know, we start to look at things like, like, how can we improve? Like, what do we want to do? You have all these, Skills and abilities, but how do you know what you're good at if you never tried something? So sometimes we got to explore, um, and it's it's not like you are really looking to find yourself. Like a lot of people are, like oh, I'm trying to discover who I am. It's kind of more something that you're choosing to do and you're creating and you're going to evolve into. Uh, you can have some traits and some abilities that help with your like passion and interest in something that you want to do, but ultimately you got to go over this stuff and try some things and eventually kind of decide on like a life purpose. You really need like a strong uh, why on why you want to do something different. And that's all going to go into what you're going to start to um, evaluate and to look at in order to determine exactly what you want to do. And remember I talk about like, a lot of our past programming conditioning and stuff leads to habitual behavior. And so we're going to have to change these different habits and do something different. Um, and we talked about the three-step process. So the first one is the confront. So we're going to have to acknowledge like everything that, you know, I've talked about already all this past program conditioning, that all that stuff has created our way of thinking. And that doesn't have to be our identity. And once we recognize that and we realize that, we can, you know, start to identify the second step. Identify the things that we want to change. Like, how many beliefs have we had from when we were a child that are outdated? How many of those are not true? Um, Maybe we always hung around that group of friends. Like, you've heard, you know, I'm trying to think of the phrase, it's like, show me, show me the five friends you hang around and I can show you about what kind of income you're making. Um, it's kind of the same thing. We tend to, you know, attach and latch onto those different beliefs of the people around us in our environment. And so, you know, we got to identify those different things that are outdated, that are misbeliefs, um, that we want to change and things like that. And then the third step is to be proactive. Uh, we have to break that habit and, That's something, some of that stuff we've been doing our whole life. So it takes a long time to, you know, create new habits. And so it's something we have to be proactive on every day. And there's a lot of really good mantras out there. You hear some of the the great ones um, that like uh, Harry Truman talked about the buck stops here, you know, different mantras like that. Um, The, who is it? The, the boxer, he just says, I am the greatest. And, you know, these are all these sayings that we can create and mantras that we can create to build a new internal thought. So we can start saying that, saying that to ourselves to help reinforce this proactivity and to change those different things. And we can continue, continue this process to identify new things we want to change and do them a little bit at a time so that it's not so overwhelming. And the the next thing is, it's really important to, you know, hold on to that because it's easy to kind of give up on it because you just want to, it's like, oh, that's too hard. Or maybe you start to doubt yourself and you start to, you know, convince yourself that, oh, maybe I don't want to do that. Um, So it's really important to have an accountability partner, um, a life coach, uh, someone that can hold you accountable to what you wanted, what you've decided you wanted to change. Um, and you can kind of check in and kind of do like a progress analysis. Like how well am I doing? Um, I like the term constructive criticism. Uh, a lot of people hate criticism because they tend to take it negative and they, they're like, Oh, they're just, they're just being negative. And I heard a phrase and they said some of the greatest information that you can get from someone is like, when someone starts off the sentence with, you know, what's wrong with you? (laughs) And usually that's like a throw up the, the block, the self-defense mechanism. Like I'm not going to listen to you. Um, but sometimes we have to look, look at that and really analyze like, am I making progress? Um, how can I use this feedback in order to implement it into my plan in order to continue to grow? Uh, so sometimes we have a, like an overzealous internal feedback and sometimes we have an underzealous. Like maybe we think like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing so good, but if you really looked at it, you'd be like, well, I've made this progress and I've done this and I've done this. So I am doing things better. And the other thing that's really important with accountability is this internal thought's been with us this whole time. And it's got a really strong foundation and it doesn't know any different than what it's learned through your whole life. So it, it thinks this is the, this is true and this is reality. And this is the way we're going to keep things. And so anytime you start to do something completely different, it's like, wait a minute. This isn't flow naturally. Uh, this isn't, this isn't right. We need to go back to the way it was. Um, so it's going to do anything it can, uh, to stop us from making that progress stop us from making that change. And it's going to throw all kinds of, you know, self destructive things out there, self sabotage, uh, lead us to make bad choices. Um, start saying like, well, you don't really deserve that. Um, or things like that to just escape, um, trying to make progress. They're like, oh, this is too hard. Things like that. And we're going to, it's going to try to convince us that this new change we're making doesn't have any value. So having an accountability partner and someone to remind you that, Hey, maybe you're making a bad choice. Maybe you're not, uh, there's some things you can do to be better. Um, has a big part in holding us accountable. And, you know, that's um, pretty much all I have. Thanks for letting me speak on that. Thank you very
2: much, uh, Jody. That was a fantastic presentation you gave tonight. Uh, Bill, do you remember the first time I asked you who do you think you are?
0: I know. That was so long ago, 19 months ago. 19 months ago. And, uh, no, I was just, while I was listening to Jody, I was thinking back on all that, and, um, it was, it was, you know, I didn't know who I was. I was living someone else's dreams and basically building their life and just supporting that and not doing anything for myself. Uh, as I was thinking on what Jody was talking about, it was just phenomenal. Uh, to really feel the weights lifted off your shoulder when you understand that, you know, you have to look out for yourself. And the the building blocks that you've given me in the last 19 months, I've, I, I've looked at it even with my last two weeks. I've gone crazy for the last two weeks with my job. Uh, but that paid off with major dividends, um, I'm happy to say, and it also gave me back through this the last two weeks. I've also um, been able to get back a lot of my identity, uh, beginning to dream again. I was speaking to a, a friend of mine, um, and they had gone to a um, a poetry reading. And what they do is they go to these uh, readings, and they will. S- be asked to read either a play or a poem, and not the whole play, but maybe an act or a certain character, and then all the playwrights and the poets would critique that uh, certain aspect of the uh, play or the poem. And I thought about it, I'm going, that is so cool. You know, that is, that's something that when I was, uh, younger, or even, you know, not married, or that's that was a dream of mine to be, you know, going to voiceover, going to uh, announcing work, doing things like that, but the, the creative aspect of my brain was shut off because it was dealing with other people's dreams and not my own, and that set a spark off in me, and um, between that and within the last two weeks, I've read uh, three three books uh three motivational books by les brown and i'm doing one now uh, called thinking big and uh the author escapes me right now but to really see that uh you know life is one step at a time and the way the way that you were able to bring uh me through it paul is really chipping away each well, really each week saying well who do you think you are Who do you think you, you know, what are you doing with your life? You know, you're a man among men. You should be doing this or doing that. I think all of that was, was a, basically you had the ice chipper and you were chipping away all the ice that had built up around my, you know, around my dreams, around the true true person that I was. And I look at it now and um, I'm pretty much thought out. I've I've uh, found some avenues to uh, look at you know greater happiness. Uh, I've looked at avenues as far as what I want to do with my future. There there are so many things out there, and you know there are still trials and tribulations. But the old bill would have said you know the world is ending if there was one trial, or one tribulation. Now it's like okay, well okay, let's just tackle this and we'll go on to the next one. So to really understand who I am, um still a work in progress, but so much further these last 19 months now to be able to say that okay, well, you know what? I know what I want to do next week and I really don't care what anybody else thinks, but this is what I'm going to do. Before I used to feel like I lived in a box where I had to do certain things each day and that was as far as I could go. Now, You know, the world is my oyster, um, and also the power of positive thinking has just created a different avenue for me, so to understand where I am now, I'm not held back by past program conditioning. I'll give you one more little uh, scenario that occurred. Uh, My mom has been uh, challenged with ill health, and I've been traveling back to uh, Boston to see her, and to help my brother out. Well, two weeks ago, I was, I'm sorry, it was five weeks ago when I was up there, my first trip up there, um, I had mentioned to my mother that my daughter and I are going to go and have something to eat, but then we have to catch a flight out. Well, I had spoken to her later on in the afternoon, and my The the old mother came out to where she was cussing and she was like, I thought you were coming back to say goodbye and to do this and do that. And then she was getting all upset because I didn't. Well, the old bill would have, I would have taken that. I would have internalized that. I would have been so distraught and saying, I'm not worth anything. I can't believe, uh, man, there I go again, messing mom up, blah, blah, blah well my brother got on the phone and he said I'm sorry Bill I didn't know that she was going to do this and I said that's okay you know I'm 56 years old and if she's going to yell at me at 56 years old she's going to yell at me at 56 years old it's just going to be water off a duck's back and she can just keep rolling you know she's, she who, she's who she is and I now know who I am so it's it's been a, um, a freeing experience to take away all the layers of your past program conditioning and to understand who you really are. You know, each day, um, I've been, I've been in a profession for the last 31 years and I say to myself every day, I learn something new every day. Well, it's the same thing with your life. You're going to learn something new every day. It's not like you're, you have to be stuck in the same spot that you were five years ago, two years ago, 20 years ago. You can always improve. You're always going to learn something. And I've learned a lot within the last 19 months, and I look forward to learning more. Bill, thank you for sharing. It looks like that
2: you took some of the uh, techniques that you've learned and knowledge that you've gained in the past 19 months and really applied it to yourself. And it seems like it's really showing a lot. Keep, keep up the good work, and, you know, we're looking forward to uh, seeing you go over leaps and bounds and, you know, transforming your life, you know, continuously. Thanks a lot again.
0: Uh, no, thanks. Thanks. It's all through Jody speaking. Jody's been doing a lot of speaking here.
2: <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, he, he's going to be on the uh, the uh, circuit here soon, isn't he? International mm-hmm. circuit, right? <laughs> Appreciate that, Bill. Uh, Ray. Eight years ago, when I met you, um, what did you think when I said, "Who do you think you are"? What was your reaction or idea at that time about what I was trying to convey to you?
0: Um,
3: probably, <clears throat> probably defense to even um, thinking of it as a title. I think it's a good idea to, to probably change it because it's, it is a little bit of a, I guess it seems like an aggressive question. Like, who do you, that's usually, we attach the intonation of, you know, questioning somebody, you know, like, who do you think you are? Usually when somebody oversteps a boundary or something like that. So I think initially it's like, you know, what do you mean? Who, who do I think I am? Especially when I haven't been able to find answers to that. You know, myself.
2: Thank you very much, Ray. Um, no problem. Anything else you want to share?
3: Um, just that. Uh, I I kind of look at finding yourself and getting to know who you are is becoming aware. That's something we talk a lot about is awareness. and I know that it has a lot to do with becoming aware who you, of who you are, where you are, and you know, where you need to work on things to grow, what areas you need to grow in, and things like that. So, like Jody was saying, that people a lot of times they say they got to find who they are and I think a lot of people look at it like having to go and find something that they don't already have or that um, they don't have the answers to and things like that and I've realized that it's, it's the answers are always with you or they're God is trying to show you through the people in your life or the things in your life you just have to become aware of it, which takes paying attention, you know, getting in tune with yourself and and things like that. So that's just one thing that I experienced, you know, with, uh, with all of that.
2: Let me ask you one more thing, Ray. In eight years, what is one thing that you feel like that you've uh, become aware of that uh, – Really sticks out,
3: like Jody was saying that you can do whatever you put your mind to. that's something that it's it's like I've become aware of the mind as a tool instead of being because um, I've never had really that example set or you remember anyone telling me that when I was younger, but through working you know with you. I've kind of realized that, I've become aware of that, that the mind, and everyone has a mind, you know, and, the, and can tap into the powers or the unique uniqueness of, because everyone's got unique skills, right, or talents or characteristics, but the tool itself is a powerful, the mind is a powerful tool, and whenever you tap into it and you use it, it can achieve anything in its path that you set it to and you actually put effort to and energy in. And that's the biggest thing I think that I've become aware of because becoming aware of that, it, it allows you to put a lot more, uh, faith in what you do also, because you know that it's gonna, it's just a matter of how you apply it, you know, apply that tool or that principle. Um, just like a lot of, a lot of changes in my life come after, you know, an awareness of something like um, that life can be difficult and that resistance is what builds character, builds strength. And just overcoming, resisting that uh, pressure that makes you want to quit when you resist it enough and you overcome that, that uh force that's working against you, it turns, it changes the tide of things and things that once seemed insurmountable become uh, a thing of the past. And, you know, being on the other side of that obstacle just becomes a new norm. And becoming aware of that, it allows me to think of the long-term. I think I have a lot of long-term goals and I've been moving on course with a lot of long-term goals in the past four or five years and just understanding how that works. That that awareness has allowed me to think you know, more long-term instead of just right now in the moment.
2: If you were to give one statement on why you think life coaching is uh, inspiring for people and a benefit. What would you say
3: in one statement?
2: Or because put it in any way, shape, or form. You want?
3: Yeah, I would say if I had to boil it down to one statement, because you can't do it all on your own. You know, you can't. Um, there's there's a limit to our resources and to our tools and, you know, speaking as on the mind as a tool, it can do anything, but it can't do anything with nothing. So it, it needs the resources, the, uh, the environment, other people. And that's one of the biggest, I, one of the biggest things I see is because other people just generally, speaking have so many different roles in our life just like going to the gas station and going to the clerk and buying a soda that person has a function in your life but generally it isn't going to be as uh involved as your mother or your father or brother or sister and even in those cases those people have unique relationships with you but to have one person that's always going to be unbiased and objective with a common goal being to improve yourself and to, um, overcome your challenges. That's just priceless. And to think that you'd do it without any person, uh, that's going to help kind of check some of your ideas and, whenever you're trying to reach a certain goal to be able to draw out other solutions and offer alternatives without that, you'll only come up with a limited set of results. And so to the degree that you're able to collaborate on anything, you know, whether that be in a, um, with a mother, father, friend, or coworker, to whatever extent or to whatever depth that goes is going to determine the amount of results that you can gain from it. So, you know, work, like I say, work, and of course the clerk at Seven Eleven they all have their limitations and boundaries that would, you know, challenge that certain relationship based on that type of relationship. But a mentor... When it comes to improving your life, that's that's uh, priceless.
2: Really appreciate really appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing the night too, Ray. It sounds like that uh, in that synopsis you gave a, some powerful uh, uh, aspects of of mentoring to you. Thank you very much, Jody. No problem that thank you Jody that was a powerful uh, presentation you gave tonight uh, I think a lot of the people that's going to be listening to to you on the uh, podcast are going to benefit very very much um, appreciate your uh, presentation tonight. that was fantastic Jody. and uh, like to comment on each and every one of you Bill and Ray uh, also, uh, thanks for the input, and without any further ado, we will see y'all next Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Looking to uh, hear from each and every one of you, and tell everybody that you know, call uh, 515-604-9835, access code six five five one four five. Look forward to hearing you. To- all of you next Thursday night at 7.30. Thank you now.